That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. Tough loss tonight for the Utah Jazz. They fall to the Nuggets 98-95 here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. We'll get your comments from Quinn Snyder as well as take you into the locker room, get your comments from uh, players. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm actually really interested to hear how uh, Coach Snyder addresses this loss, Ben. We were just kind of joking about it in, in the break. Just is, is this one of those moments where, where – Coach Snyder is uh, kicking some butts or grumpy, or is it kind of throw your hands up in the air? I mean, you, you know, we usually get a pretty consistent Quinn Snyder, but you can tell uh, sometimes a little bit how he's feeling. Here's the thing. It's not like we don't know why the Jazz lost this game. There's no mystery to why the Jazz lost this game. They turned the ball over a bunch in the fourth quarter. Donovan Mitchell didn't shoot well all night. The Jazz stopped passing the ball in general in the fourth quarter. And then Nikola Jokic is one of the best fourth quarter players and was insane tonight and and played at the MVP level that he was being mentioned as throughout the year last year. He kind of got back to that. And that's why he's an all-star and is making it for his second consecutive season. And the Nuggets are a top three team in the West. That's why the Jazz lost. It's the other things around this game that make it feel so enormous. That the Jazz had three days rest to prepare for Denver. Denver was on the second night of a back-to-back without, what, four of their top eight players, probably due to injury. Gary Harris was awful tonight. was 0-13 shooting. They traded a bunch of players last night, and they still came in and got the victory. So it's all the ancillary things that make this loss probably feel worse than it is. And in that sense, I bet you Quinn Snyder has a little bit more context of saying, hey, Denver's still really good. We still knew that the top of their roster, they're as good as the Jazz are. Well, uh, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, I mean, they're they're as good a one-two punch almost that you'll find in the NBA. And they played tonight, and they both played well. Uh, Let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Uh, tonight, the Jazz shot uh, 41.9% from the field. They were 359 from three, 14 of 39. Uh, they were led by Mike Conley, who had 21 points on 6 of 13 shooting. Donovan Mitchell added 18 on 8 of 24 shooting. Rudy was 16. Bogdanovich was 16. Jordan Clarkson was 16 uh, coming in off the bench. Let's now throw things down to the podium where Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. Quinn, just big picture, what's going on with your team right now with, with five straight losses? Well, I think some of the little things that we were doing, um, you know, we haven't we haven't done, and it shows up a lot of different ways, um, whether it's on the boards, um, you know, breakdowns, you know, getting back cut. Everybody's got to do their job defensively, and then we've got to move the ball better. Um, and sometimes that means attacking, you know, early in a pick and roll situation, but having your eyes out and being disciplined with the ball. Um, you know, the, so it's it's not one end. Um, it just collectively, um, there, there's there's not one thing that you point to. Um, both ends affect each other. When we get a stop and don't get a rebound, um, we lose an opportunity to score. And 
then it's seven turnovers in the fourth quarter during you know crucial times. Um, but again, it's it's a collective a collective awareness and a collective sense of urgency. Quinn, you had a couple of times in the second half where you went up 15 in the third quarter. I think you went up 10 in the fourth quarter, and then mm-hmm. everything just kind of stops. Like what? What leads to it going from working well one moment to it not the next? Yeah, just the, the you know execution, and you know this has been a team that, that uh, you know when things have been hard, we've dug in and worked harder and and pushed through it. And sometimes that happens, you know, in a practice or preparation. Sometimes it has to happen in the game. And you know we haven't, we did, we certainly didn't do that tonight. Quinn, it seems like after talking to you and a lot of the guys over the past couple months that the philosophical approach that you have is we're not paying attention to wins or losses or records, mm-hmm. that it's about getting better every mm-hmm. game. So when it's not getting better, what's the message then? Well, I think it's the same. The same. I mean, I, we, we haven't played. Um, we haven't played well. Um, we've played sporadically. And, you know, we're not as good. So... We have to find that again, and you know, there's no easy answers. You know, it's, it's uh, when you have adversity on on the scoreboard and in the form of losses, that's the time. Um, you know, that that's your look in the mirror, and um, you know, that's what. You know, I, I think we've we've been doing that. No one has any illusions that we've been playing well, um, but we haven't been able. That hasn't translated, and it. You know, as you mentioned, there were times tonight where. Um, you know, whether it be a lead or what we, we had, we had moments where we were playing well, and then we had moments where we, we weren't very good at all. And, you know, that type of inconsistency um, is not going to, it's going to, it's not going to translate to wins. So, I mean, aren't you able to look at the good parts from tonight? Um, you know, there's always good possessions in a game. You know, there's always things in, in a given situation that, um, you do well, but you know the, those are when those are outweighed by the things you don't do well. You know that that's the result you get, and, and I think you know the best teams are able to give those consistent performances over the course of a game, and then you know over the course of multiple games, and um, that's not what we've been doing right now. I know Donovan's hard on himself in these situations, mm-hmm. but I mean he was forcing things. He did turn over the ball late. Is there things? That, is there something you can do as a coach to kind of help him out of those those moments? Yeah, I mean, it, you, there's whether it's film or you know extra work shooting the ball or practice or you know trying to make adjustments during the game. Um, you know, as you said, no one's more demanding of himself than Donovan, and you know he'll play better. I know how badly he wants to play well and how much he cares about winning, and you know that's where we are right now. You know that's where the character of the team kicks in, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep working and execute better and be better. But right now it doesn't feel very good. We're not playing well, and you know the, the losses are, are a reflection of that. All right, there you go. That's uh, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team falls to the Nuggets tonight at home, 98-95. Uh, takeaways from what Coach had to say right there, Ben? Uh, I mean, maybe more his mood. He was clearly dejected. That's yeah. And he should be. 
they lost five in a row, but sometimes coaches, because they're coaches, try and say, you know what, when things are bad, they've got to be at their best and, and try and uh, re-elevate the mood a little bit. And clearly it's affected the team and it's affected the locker room. And, and I guess if you're a Jazz fan, you probably want that. I mean, you don't want anyone feeling fat and happy when you've lost five in a row because I'm sure this team expects to play better. And, yeah. and you know, I don't know if I agree with David uh, when we were doing crosstalk at the end of the game that the Jazz feel like they should have the best two players in this matchup. Jokic is insanely good. Nikola Jokic is one of the best players in the NBA, and, and I don't know if the Jazz have an offensive player that's that good. In fact, I know they don't. You know, a guy who's seven feet tall who can shoot that well and pass that well, the Jazz don't have an offensive player that's that complete. And, and he came out and gave the Jazz the business tonight. So in that sense, that was tough. You, you can't let them have the two best players on the floor, though. And they did. You yeah, know, Jamal Murray was the second best player and had 30. I mean, you just can't give up two 30-point games either. And Quinn Snyder said it. Jazz got beat, backdoored a couple of times. I mean... It's the Denver Nuggets, and it's uh, what? What are big men that pass the ball going to? Be, how are they going to beat you on backdoor cuts? Not being aware of that is really tough. And Jordan Clarkson blew it a couple of times, and Donovan Mitchell blew it a couple of times. It's that's got to be frustrating if you're a coach because you know that's what they've been working on for three days. Well, and in, in you heard Locke talk about this uh, a lot throughout the week here that uh, they kind of had some unique matchups over these past uh, these past games. Certainly some good teams, but Damian Lillard playing out of his mind, and San Antonio's a little different in the old school way that they play. And, you know, Houston without Capella, who's now been traded, of course, but uh, them missing their two players. And you think Eric Gordon had an opportunity. Anyway, these kind of unique circumstances. And I'm sure, uh, or I would guess, I should say, that Coach Snyder thought, okay, I get these guys in for a couple of days of practice. You know, we fix some things. We use this motivation of struggling and come back out and, and play better against a Denver team that situationally they'd have the upper hand. And that's just not what happened. So I I get the frustration there for from a, from a coach because you think, okay, I've addressed some of these things. We worked on this stuff in practice. I'm guessing they're not giving up many back cuts in practice. Right. And then to see it out there and and played, and we just had uh, Gordon Monson poke his head in the in the door just to say hello, and uh, was uh, belly aching about uh, what six turnovers in the last seven minutes and four turnovers, uh, four possessions in a row, and it's just sloppy stuff that I'm sure makes a coach just want to pull even the finely coiffed hairdo that Coach Schneider has pull that hair out, you know. Uh- and you know what? I mean, a weird game. Boyan Bogdanovich was er- interesting earlier today at shoot-around. He said, one of the problems with playing shorthanded teams is all those guys know they're going to play. That allows you to play really loose because the coach can't pull you. Right. Y- you can't bench anyone for playing badly in this game because Gary Harris would have been benched. <laughs> he was 0 of 13, and he just wasn't – it didn't matter. You-, you couldn't take him off the floor. So you end up with Jokic playing 39 minutes, and Jamal Murray played 42 minutes. Well, you're going to get huge performances from guys when they play 40 minutes a night, and-, and they got huge performances from those guys. Now, it's tough to do on the second night of a back-to-back. It might cost Denver their next game, and in that sense, if you're trying to, to catch the Nuggets in the standings, you hope you get some help there, that, that you beating them up and making them play this many minutes was, is going to be hard for the next one. But it's just a, it's a tough loss for the Jazz. And it's one that is head-scratching and deserves to be head-scratching. And, you know, it's a gut-check time for this team. Let's uh, check out your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do live tonight. Jazz outscored... Uh Kind of badly in the paint, actually, Ben. 46 to 38. And it seems like it's been a long time since we've talked about the Jazz having uh, only 38 points in the paint. And Nikola Jokic, um, he played, he plays better defense than you would think. Sure, he's seven feet tall. And he does that. Where he's going to lose you is if you're able to back cut him or you get him stuck in pick and roll. Problem is, a lot of times the Jazz kind of got him in some mismatches and then didn't challenge him. Right. You know, tried to take some pull up threes. And they were going in in the first half and they weren't going in the second half. And 
that was hard. The Jazz, again, got stuck a little bit playing isolation basketball, and they weren't doing it with their best isolation player, who's Jordan Clarkson, who was good tonight and was good in isolation despite some defensive uh, issues where, where he gave up some baskets. Uh, he was good on the offensive side of the ball. It's just it's a, it's a tough spot that the Jazz are finding themselves in. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz fall to the Nuggets 98-95 at home. We'll take you into the locker room coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Postgame show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, tough loss for the Jazz tonight, 98-95 to to the Denver Nuggets. Let's uh, go to the assist feature. Proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Tonight, the Jazz had 20 assists on 36 made field goals. Uh, Joe Ingles led the way with six assists. Uh, Mike Conley had five. Uh, Bogdanovich had five, which is interesting because that means he had zero in the second half because that's what he had yep. at halftime. And despite that 20 assist number, which maybe doesn't look terrible, Ben, uh, we just heard Quinn Snyder talking about how he was not happy with how the Jazz moved the ball. Yeah, they're just not passing the ball as well. It's not, it, And when they do, I mean, there was, what, five to six really great possessions. There was one where the Mike, Mike Conley had a layup, threw it back out to the perimeter. Maybe it was Joe or, or Royce O'Neal. He kicked it over to Donovan. Donovan kicked it back to Mike Conley, and he hits a three in the corner. We saw a couple of those possessions where the Jazz really had the blender going and were moving, and it worked, and then they seemed to abandon it. Or you would get a spot where, again, they get I don't know if they get suckered into this belief that they've got a, a mismatch against... Uh, Nikola Jokic and Boyan Bogdanovich tries to take a pull-up three. We just kind of saw a lot of that. Donovan Mitchell had a couple of possessions where he thought he had a mismatch against Torrey Craig, which is weird because he hasn't had a mismatch against Torrey Craig for the last 48 minutes that we've watched these two teams play. And I guess 96 minutes now if you combine the two games. And he tried to take him off the dribble both times and got a shot blocked. Those are bad possessions. Those are really bad possessions, especially in a close game. And, And the Jazz fell into that trap several times tonight. You know, we've seen, uh, well, I'm just thinking more, uh, Ben, about the last two games with Denver, but we've seen Donovan Mitchell visually frustrated. And I get it when you're not having a good shot night, and the other night he was 1 for 12 and he didn't shoot the ball uh, well tonight either as he was uh, 8 for 24. But when we saw him finally make a shot, you see the arms go up in the air like, oh, finally. And it just feels like maybe this is a point, and we haven't seen it all year, where Donovan really is forcing it. And he's actually being asked to to play a little bit more with the bench unit and play, you know, stay on the floor when some other guys come in, and and there's a lot of pressure there. And maybe it's we're seeing him need to to relax and maybe take a step back uh, because it seems like for the first time this year we're seeing inconsistent play out of Donovan, and I wonder if he's feeling the pressure. I know he's tired because he said he was today earlier at practice. He said, you know, the stretch that we're on, we've lost four games in a row. Like, be lying if we said there wasn't exhaustion. And, and you know, you, you look at the things that are going to abandon you 
when, when you're exhausted. One, it's going to be shooting because your legs are going to be gone. And two, it's going to be execution because you're just not thinking that well. You're just not willing to do that 5% extra work to make the extra pass, to get the ball back and, and you know run it the right way versus saying, hey, the easy way is for me to isolate or the easy way is for me to take this open three or this quick three, I should say. Uh, and I think you are seeing that from a team that should be tired after winning 19 of 21, but that's not an excuse for losing five in a row. No. And games they could have won, too. Especially against other teams that are tired, too. Everyone's tired. Right. You're five games before the All-Star break. Everyone's tired. Well, they played against a team that only played seven players tonight. And played and, last night. And played last night. You yeah. look at their numbers. I mean, Craig played 36, Jokic with 40, Morris with 42, Murray with 43, and Gary Harris with 38. And I, I saw somebody, I'm not sure who it was, but somebody tweet out uh, the Jazz bench points and almost was making the point like, well, if you would have seen this, uh, you would have thought the Jazz won. And then you think like, well, they only had two players coming off the bench. I mean, how many bench points are the are yeah. the Nuggets going to have? <laughs> All right, let's go down to the locker room where Tony's standing by with Mike Conley. Tonight, because you seem to be in control most of this game, what did you see there? What, what's going on? Um, you know, tonight, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, I thought it just came down to um, execution and, and finishing possessions. You know, we did a good job throughout the game limiting, you know, uh, second chance points and trying to keep guys off the glass. In the last, you know, three or four minutes, um, you know, guys like Torrey Craig and <clears throat> all their, uh, their their wings and Jokic, all those guys got those extra possessions. And, um, you know, it's hard to close out from that and it's hard to, to, to win games when you're not doing the things defensively uh, but offensively you know we just had too many turnovers too many breakdowns to where we wouldn't get opportunities at the rim um, and like I said that 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 leads to a loss. Why are those um, inconsistencies happening on both ends of the floor? Um, it's tough it's tough to say every night is different you know um, you know tonight it was you know sometimes just a lack of focus on the defensive end on certain guys and um like I said, tonight we, we let, let a few of the, the offensive rebounds you know slip out of our hands, and um, they wanted it more, it looked like, at that point. And, and we just have to uh, continue to, to try to close out as best as best we can, especially against the good teams. Regardless of who they play tonight, they're still a, a very good team with a lot of great players over there that, that play very hard. Not to you know, overstate this, but you know, that's a team five games in seven days, seven players. Mm-hmm. How do you get beaten to lose balls as frequently as you guys did tonight? Um, exactly. You know, that's something we were just talking about. You know, we can't, we can't, you know, obviously feel good at all about the effort that was, that was put out there, especially uh, the inconsistent effort. You know, I thought that we started the game and, and, and played with fire. And then there's certain times, four or five minutes here and there that we just, we just didn't have it. And um, that's no excuse. You know, like you said, those guys were playing five and seven, have been on the road, back to backs, uh, seven guys. Um, so we knew, you know, we knew they were going to come and play and, and leave it all out and play free, and, 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 you know, they handed it to us. When they're switching and bringing help like they did in the last few minutes of the game, what can you guys do to execute better offensively? Um, honestly, just, just be precise with what we do. You know, we have a bunch of guys who can handle it, a bunch of guys who we trust with the ball. Um, so at, at that point in the game, we just move the ball, continue, continue to move them on the defensive end, and, and um, and try to get to the rim and put pressure on the rim, um, and, and that's what we you know just failed to do at the end of the game. Four more games to the All Star break. What are some good things to keep in perspective at a time like this? Uh, it's still still quite early in our sense. You know, obviously after All Star break is when you, you it's, it's you know you're thinking about setting up for the playoffs and you're thinking about you know it's a marathon obviously, but it's kind of a sprint to the finish at that point. So um, you know just continue to try to build, continue to try to learn from 
these games that we're having right now. Um, because in this league, it's, it's a game a game of runs, a game of makes and misses, and um, you'll win five, you'll lose five, and, and it's about you know just staying, staying consistent, persistent, and, and working through it, no matter the good or the bad. So I think we'll be all right. What was the mood like, and what were the conversations like after the game here? <clears throat> Um, you know, guys were obviously upset, but, um, you know, just trying to find solutions. It wasn't anybody, you know, necessarily going at each other or anything like that. Just us just sitting down, talking, trying to figure it out together, uh, which which is what we've done all year. And uh, I have no doubt that we'll, we'll figure it out. Guys, that's Mike Conley. Let's go back to him. Thank you uh, very much, Tony. Mike Conley sounding very much like a veteran right there, Ben. Very even-keeled. He had a very good night tonight with 21 points, 8 boards, 5 assists, 6 of 13 shooting. Missed uh, a tough one for the final shot there uh, for the Jazz to take the lead in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, you heard him give a little insight on um, uh, on what maybe some of the conversation was like after the game where they're problem-solving and understand that uh, they let one get away here, I'm sure. But you've got to have that steady presence in the locker room, Certainly. I think you're probably happy to have Mike Conley at this point, who's been in, uh, on teams that have won a lot of games and been on teams that have lost a lot of games, to understand the big picture, understand five games isn't going to define your season most likely, uh, and, and that you need somebody with a, a cool head to come out. Because this is still a young Jazz team. You know, we, we expect so much of Donovan Mitchell because he is so good, and he's in his third year in the NBA. You know, he, yeah. he just has not been around that long and has certainly not been on teams that have had that many ups and downs. You just haven't played that many games to, to go this wild of a play, winning 19 of 21 to losing five straight. How, how would Donovan Mitchell know how to fix that? He's never done it before. He's got to learn from somebody. And maybe Mike Conley's the right guy to learn from there. Uh, but, you know, it's got to get fixed. And, and Quinn Snyder's going to start pulling different uh, strings, pulling different threads to, to get it working. Let's go back down to the locker room. Donovan Mitchell standing by. Yeah, um, they came out physical. You know, we were up, but, you know, they we kept looking to the rest, including myself, trying to bail us out of stuff. Um, we just got to be stronger. Um, got to get hits on box outs, little things. You can't turn the ball over. Um, I think I have four, um, two big ones, I think. You know, it's going to be more precise. You know, this isn't how we've been playing, like I've been saying, but, you know, um, it's a little too comfortable. Um, especially on the second night of back-to-back, you know, you give them credit too, but we're better than that. How much did uh, effort and energy play into execution? Down the I think we, had, I think there was effort. You know, I can't, I can't say we didn't fight. You know, we we, we competed. You know, but um, there's just times we could do a little more uh, by everybody, and um, I think it's gonna be more precise in what we do. Um, take care of the ball. Little things get hits. Um, yeah. What is this team as a group most displeased about in this one time? There's no way we lose this game. Um, well, I really got like much as there's no way, you know, I think, um, and you could point at every little thing, you know, but it's not just one person or one incident or one turnover. You, you could say it's my turnover. You could say it's a miss shot. You could say it, whatever it may be. Like, you know, there's, there's no way for us to be who we want to be and who we have been. You know, for us to lose this game, um, yeah. Just to follow that up, that's one of the beautiful things about the culture here is accountability. Um, mm-hmm. Next time you get to practice, what's the mood of the practice going to be? Um, really, can't do much more. You know, we did everything we needed to do in the two days. Um, at the point, there's a point in time where it comes down on 
us and executing. You know, coach can say what he wants. You know, we can go out there and practice a thousand times, but we practice box outs. You know, we worked on that. We didn't get enough hits. You know, you can't practice not turning the ball over. Um, Jokic had 30. Jamal Murray had 30. You know, they just can't really do too much you know at the end of the day like Gary Harris I think went like over 12 and they still won you know like you know and they didn't have Will Barton and Jeremy Grant like there's there's no way we, we we lose games like that but we'll like I said we'll figure it out you know and um we're not going to sit here and just you know call it quits and say oh well you know we're going to keep fighting correct me if I'm wrong but it feels like there were times where you put pressure on yourself after a misplay to then try to make it up on the next play do you feel that and I guess how do you get out of that routine of like, on offense or defense on offense especially where um, not so much this year you know I don't, I don't really look at it like that um, biggest thing for me is just trying to make the same plays I have been you know I can pretty much say every missed shot except for probably two and every decision I made was the same one I'd make you know, if I had 30, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't regret any of my decisions. I mean, the, the one where I lost the ball twice, um, it came from behind my back, I couldn't hear anything. And then the other one was, um, was just good defense. You know, I can't really sit here and say I want, like, I wish I did something different. They were just good defense. Um, you know, like I said, I took the same shot that I did in the first half and I made it, you know, and when to put it, I think, at 95. So I'm not really tripping off of, you know, that. I think the biggest thing was Jamal Murray had 31 points. Um, on 12 or 26 shooting, uh, way too comfortable. Um, you know, and it's tough when you don't guard. It's tough when you don't do the little things. And um, I think I had one assist on four turnovers. You know, that's where really where my head's at. And you know, stepping up. Let me ask you about this. You guys are up 71 56. I mean, that, is, is that a situation where you guys got to step on their throat? Yeah. Was that a time point? It reminds, uh, reminds me of like November, you know, when you get up and you're like, all right, like we're here, they're going to quit. They're not going to quit. You know, this isn't like we're playing a team that just isn't playing for anything. They're playing for the same thing we are, same division. You know, it's really a rivalry game. I don't remember the last time they've won here, you know, and I think they took that. They came out and showed that, you know, I think they, they and, I think we just didn't we we just didn't execute. You know, when we get up 15, you know, we can go one of two ways. You know, we've been doing it. We've been we. So it's not like that's what makes this loss even worse because it's like we haven't shown it. You know, we've been doing it for a month, months, perhaps two months. So like we've been doing it. So now it's a matter of like where is it going? You know, why are we not doing it? And we just got to find it within ourselves. As it's Donovan Mitchell, let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Obviously uh, frustrated. Donovan Mitchell will talk more about it coming up next. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. The Jazz falls in the Nuggets tonight, 98-95. to We'll have more for you next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Nuggets beat the Jazz tonight 98 95. We'll get you more sound from the locker room coming up here momentarily, but we want to get to tonight's Master of the Glass brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound 
rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Tonight's master of the glass as usual, Rudy Gobert, 14 rebounds tonight for Rudy, four offensive boards, but really, if you look at the whole game, Nikola Jokic dominated this thing, not only scoring 30 points, not only getting 10 assists, but on the glass as well, 21 rebounds, six offensive boards for Jokic tonight and uh, you know if you want to look at that particular matchup uh, Jokic got the best of it in fact let's go down to the locker room with Tony Parks standing by with Rudy Gobert I mean, it's a very frustrating loss you know we felt like we were controlling the game but we we lost our focus down the stretch and these guys are a pretty good team you know in the clutch so they, they took advantage of it why do you think that's been happening lately the loss of focus I mean, I feel like, you know, we got to be tougher mentally. Uh, we got to be better, not just on the stretch, but when we, we up 15 or, you know, up 10 points, we get comfortable. We start taking bad shots. We start giving up offensive rebounds. You know, we, I feel like we don't have the, the mentality of a very good team. You know, when like, when like you almost have a team that's on the back-to-back and you're up 15, that's when your focus got to be at the highest level. And that's when you're going to give the last punch. And, you know, they're probably going to give up if you, you get up 20 and 25. But instead, we just choose to, you know, get comfortable and give the ball away and, you know, give up offensive rebounds and do all that. So it's, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world, but, you know, it was a pretty big game, especially for the rankings and, you know, tiebreaker and all that stuff. At the end of the day, you know, we still got, I don't know how many more games, 35 or... So it's not the end of the world, but we can learn from it. How did they get all those loose balls that you know? You guys just want any more? Like uh, I feel like every the last five games, the teams that we play want any more than we do. And I mean, it's not we can talk about the schedule, but we had three days off. I mean, three days, two days of practice, but you know, we still should be the freshest team, and you know, they're just they're just not the toughest team. And you know, toughness, mental toughness, is kind of like the number one thing that got us where we are right now. So we just got to get it back. You know, we, we have it, but we don't have it all the time. So it's, it's going to be all the time, and everyone that steps on the court is going to have that. Is there something that's led, like, is there a moment that led to this? Because obviously you guys won 19 of 21, and then all of a sudden it's this five straight where it does seem like you guys haven't been beaten to every ball. I don't think there's a moment. I think it came, like, you know, slowly came, like, we, you know, subconsciously you, you win. I don't know how many games, 19 or 21, you, you think you, you, you're a good team. And I think we are a very good team, but you kind of let that, let that edge go a little bit. And we got to understand that the number one reason why we're so good is because we play as a team and because we're a tough team defensively. You know, if, as long as we keep that, we stay together and we keep that toughness, uh, I'm pretty sure we can beat anyone. You know, and that's what we've been doing. Along those lines, you feel like complacency maybe crept in a little bit as a result of that long winning streak? Like I just said, subconsciously, you know, it's it's human nature to kind of like, you know, start winning and you forget about the number one reason why you're winning, you know, and it happens to every team. I mean, every team in the world, you know, it's, it's not just us, but it's, you know, the reaction is taking a little too long right now. So it's, I feel like we played a pretty good game tonight beside, uh, you know, the last few minutes when we 
and a few stretches when we could uh, extend the lead and we get comfortable, you know, so it's, you know, it's not the end of the world. We're going to watch film and try to figure it out. What was the conversation from Quinn like and among the players after the game? I mean, we didn't talk much. You know, everyone was kind of frustrated, but we, for the most part, we just got to be smarter. You know, we got to uh, punch where it hurts, and if it works, we got to keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, instead we just, I mean, we get lazy mentally and we get comfortable, and you know, we just out there. We, we don't, we're not like a team that just lost four in a row. A team that wants to be, you know, top two in the West. We just play like a team that is happy to be up ten, and hopefully we're gonna win. You know, but it doesn't work against teams like that. How do you get it back? How do you get it back? I feel like we. I mean, tonight, like I said, I feel like we had it back for three quarters. It's just on us, you know, to keep that awareness, uh, stay together, and you know, keep working. It's not the end of the world, but. You know, it's a good lesson. Thank you. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. And uh, some really telling comments right there from Rudy Gobert, Ben. And I, I always appreciate Rudy's candor. But, I mean, one thing he said that, that really stood out to me, he said they're not tough enough. Yep. And they're not. I mean, that's how you give up big rebounds late in the game. Yeah. Is, is Jokic playing tired late in the game, still being the player to, to get out? And, look, Rudy versus Jokic one-on-one is, is a hard rebounding ma- battle. That's where somebody else needs to come in, whether it's Bogdanovich, Conley, Joe Ingles, whoever it is, got to come in and put a body on somebody and push him out of the way at home and either make the referees make a call that you fouled him in a loose ball or you get the rebound. And the Jazz didn't do that. And, you know, we knew rebounding was going to be an issue for this team. Uh, the Jazz's second-best rebounder right now is not closing games, and that's uh, Royce O'Neal. He's just not on the game on the floor late in games anymore, and that's something the Jazz are going to have to solve. It's something they're going to have to figure out. Either the guys on the floor have to play better or you got to get new guys on the floor. It's amazing how well they've rebounded considering yep. their, their roster. Because Rudy's a heck of a rebounder, there's no doubt about it, and he's stepped up. But, I mean, to have Royce O'Neal, somebody who's 6'5", uh, be your second-best rebounder who's now not even in the starting lineup, I mean, that's that's certainly going, going to be an issue. And I think you bring up a terrific point, Ben, as they kind of evolve their closing lineup, not just their starting lineup, to involve Mike Conley. That, that may be an issue going forward. Now, it was an issue at the beginning of the year, and they kind of put a lid on it, but it looks like something that they're going to have to tackle again. But, you know, hearing somebody like Rudy Gobert saying they need to be tougher for a team that, that – I don't want to say prides itself on its tough toughness because this isn't the toughest Jazz team we've no. seen, but we don't. We're certainly not used to hearing Rudy Gobert question toughness in a post game interview. It used to be a very tough team, and they made some changes this year to make sure they could score more. And it was the right change to make, hundred percent the right change to make. But that that means you got to find, you know, you've got to accommodate or or make up for some of those things that you lost. And you know, you can manufacture toughness. You right. can't change entirely who these guys are and say, okay, all of a sudden. Boyan Bogdanovich needs to be tough as as Derek Favors. Well, you can't do that because Derek Favors is much bigger than Boyan and much stronger than Boyan. But then you have to play harder, and everyone has to play harder. And the Jazz didn't do that late. I mean, the Jazz, over the last 318, okay, so Nikola Jokic comes down, misses two free throws. Uh, Donovan Mitchell comes back, hits a pull-up jump shot from 20 feet. Jazz go up 95-91. That's at 320 left in the game. Jazz don't score over the final 320. They miss all seven of their shots. Or no, they only, I, I, they have, excuse me, seven possessions. They go 0 of 3 from the floor. They have four turnovers over the last three minutes and 20 seconds of the game. Mm. More turnovers than shot attempts. Not makes, shot attempts. They send the Nuggets to the free throw line four times. I mean, just, you know, it's, it's just a horrible way to close a game. And that's 
focus, that's clutch play, that's attention to detail, that's you know giving it up late. It's tough. Well, and the Jazz had 14 turnovers tonight, which given some of the high numbers we've seen so far this year, you say, okay, that's not too bad. But four of them coming in the last three minutes right. of a close game. I mean, Including four consecutive possessions. That's brutal. Yeah. Uh, that's brutal. It's going to make it extremely hard to win basketball games. And, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, who's been such a great clutch player uh, thus far this season, and you can't take that away from him, but he made some mistakes tonight. And two of those were him. Two of those uh, four turnovers were Donovan Mitchell turnovers. And, and we didn't, uh, we kind of went to break, Ben. We didn't have a ton of time to to react to uh, what Donovan Mitchell had to say, but I haven't heard Donovan mm, have that negative of a post-game uh, press, and I'm trying not to to be too reactionary here, but I don't know if I've heard that this year from Donovan. No, I agree. Uh, and, and he's hard on himself. Again, he's his harshest critic. Yeah. He was hard on himself. He, he wasn't necessarily calling out anyone else. It didn't oh, yeah. feel like... Absolutely. You know, and we're seeing that around the league around uh, a lot right now. You know, Philly... That, that locker room seems mess. to hate each other. Yeah. Jazz aren't like that. I don't get the impression that anyone doesn't like each other, but these guys are right, rightfully searching for answers right now, and they need to be in them. They'll find them. Uh, Quinn Snyder will help them find them, and you're going to get tested over the next four games now as you've got uh, Portland coming in on Friday. You go Houston, Dallas, or Dallas. I think it's Houston, Dallas, and then Miami. I mean, that's going to be a really tough stretch to close this, uh, this all-star break, and you're going to have to figure out how to turn this around quickly. You don't want to go into the All-Star break having lost nine in a row with that with that no. taste in your mouth. And you're staring down the pipe of that thing right now, and it looks somewhat realistic. Portland at home Friday, at Houston Sunday, at Dallas Monday, Miami at home on Wednesday. Yep. That's tough. That's really tough. Those that are really good teams. Tough. Houston, or I should say, uh, you know, Houston's going all out with their small lineup. We'll see what Dallas looks like. And if Doncic is playing and, you know, he's been dealing yeah. with that ankle injury. Miami got better tonight, I think, by going out and adding Andre Iguodala. So these teams are going to be hungry and tough. And the Jazz got to show that they're just as hungry. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things I think this team is questioning. They, they, they've talked some big picture, just getting casual and, and not playing hard enough. You know, one thing I did like about Donovan's comments tonight, and I actually always like Donovan's comments because he's, he's a really interesting post-game interview. And I think for the most part, he'll, he'll shoot you pretty straight. But you rarely hear uh, an NBA player say, we should have won that game. Yeah. You know, we... We had that game. That game, we should never have lost that game, I believe, is what he said. And I think a lot of fans probably listening to us, a lot of fans that were here tonight, a lot of fans probably watching on TV at home have said that exact same thing. And it's actually somewhat refreshing to hear a player say that because it's it's really true. The circumstances played in the Jazz favor tonight. Two practices in a row played in the Jazz favor tonight. Uh, health certainly played in the Jazz favor tonight and, and to lose because of lack of execution down the stretch has got to be I, I know it's frustrating for fans it's got to be frustrating for players too and it actually is somewhat refreshing to hear Donovan Mitchell admit something like that yeah I think he said this is not a game we lose tonight right it's, we not, he said it three times it's not a game we lose tonight and he's right you, this is a game you probably shouldn't lose now if you want to Step back and look at it from 30,000 feet. Denver had their two best players. Those two best players had good games and were the best players on the floor. And that's understandable. That's going to happen. The problem is five nights in a row the Jazz haven't had the best player on the floor. Right. And you got to have that every other game, if not the majority of your games. Because Rudy Gobert's an all-star and Donovan Mitchell's an all-star. And then you've got Boyan Bogdanovich, who once every five or six games should just be the best player on the floor because he's such a good shooter. 
and the Jazz haven't had it in five games. They have not had the best player on the floor for five straight games, and that's it's hard to win games like that. You want some uh, good news, Ben? You you alluded to it. Nikola Jokic missed two free throws in the fourth quarter. That means Jazz fans do get something out of this yeah. loss. Uh, every time uh, during the fourth quarter when a player on the opposing team misses two consecutive free throws during the same trip to the line, the entire state wins a free Chick-fil-A item. Uh, you must have the Chick-fil-A online, or excuse me, the Chick-fil-A One app and have the location services turned on. Limit one item per user. You must claim the offer in the app within 24 hours, and we'll have 48 hours to redeem it. Uh, get on your feet and cheer for Chick-fil-A. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz fall to the Nuggets, 98-95. to We'll get some final words on it coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. The Jazz fall to the Nuggets tonight, 98-95. They fall to 32-18 and on the season. They are 18-5 and at Vivint Smart Home Arena. But this certainly been, and that's kind of been the theme of the postgame show, this was one the Jazz certainly could have had, should have had, and couldn't get because of bad execution down the stretch we need to take a step back and start one of the hard things I think for Jazz fans right now is saying what they should expect you know maybe you shouldn't expect to beat Denver right now I mean every Jazz fan went into this game thinking okay they've got seven players second night of a back-to-back again yada 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 all that stuff Jazz don't have the best player on the floor going into this game Jokic has been 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 playing better than either Rudy or Donovan Okay, so why are you expecting to win that game? Again, I get they're shorthanded. I get they're on the second night of a back-to-back, but Jazz aren't crushing teams anymore. Jazz aren't beating teams that that you thought they should be beating. If that was the case, they would have beat the Spurs, who are a sub-500 team. They would have beat the Portland Trailblazers, who are a sub-500 team. You know, They should have beat the Rockets, who are shorthanded. So if they're not winning those games, we need to stop going into games now, I think, assuming, okay, Jazz should win this game. Jazz can't be in that spot anymore. I think the players feel like that a little bit. That's kind of what Rudy Gobert has said. is It's human nature to expect to win games after you've won 21 in a row, and, and you can't do that. Jazz fans probably need to catch up to that, as does probably the locker room somewhat. You have to stop expecting wins because you won so many in a row, and that's how quickly the league can change, and that's why you have to play hard every night. So maybe that aspect of the narrative needs to change for the Jazz, and, and that's going to be good because that, that'll help you get back to winning. You, you can't expect to win. In the NBA, it's just the teams are too good, and and we're in the second half of the season now. When everyone's trying to make a push for the playoffs, everyone's trying to you know earn their keep and and prove they belong. And the Jazz, over the last five games, have struggled. I suppose we could have gone across the hall during the break, Ben, and saw this for ourselves. But uh, Andy Larson of the Solid Tribune just tweeting out a video. Donovan Mitchell is out on the floor right now getting up shots here at Vivint Smart Home Arena, which, uh, Ben, you cover all of these games as well as I do. This is not something no. that uh, that we see very often. Kyrie Irving did it several years yep. ago randomly when he was here with Cleveland. Do you remember that, where yes, he had I a do. bad game? And I, 
the no, the Cavs didn't win that game actually, but he got out there and took shots after it was over. And this is not something that we've seen from Donovan that he's out there doing it. And I I really like it. Actually, I think that says a lot about Donovan Mitchell. Like the night's not over. He's frustrated with it. He's going to go out and and get some shots up. And he probably is. Uh, we are not the only ones that are noticing. Let me put it that way. And you know, if you're going to get through stretches like this, then you've got to go out there and put the work in. I, th- I think that's actually a really positive thing in a in a weird way on kind of a negative night. I tweeted it out earlier today. He was the last guy at practice getting shots up. I mean, by. 10 minutes. Everyone else had left the floor to where the entire media was waiting for him to come. He was the last guy to come talk to us. Uh, and we watched him shoot threes for 10 minutes, just trying to get those extra shots up. And unfortunately, it didn't do much tonight. He was still uh, struggling like he did the last time the Jazz played Denver. And yeah, you, you hope something fixes it. It's just, it's really tough right now because these games have been close. I think that hurts worse somewhat I mean you're glad they're not losing like they did in early December where they were down by 40 to the Raptors because that team looked hapless and and, you know directionless and certainly wasn't they were just in a really bad stretch but all these games I mean Houston was close in the fourth quarter and they lost and then the Spurs again were close in the fourth quarter and Denver needed big buckets from uh from Jokic to to balance out or counterbalance what you were getting from Jordan Clarkson in Denver and then again I mean I guess that Portland game got out of hand pretty quick (laughs) in the fourth quarter that was not the close game but this one was close and the Jazz were up nine in the fourth quarter and to lose that game is just hard and there is some aspect of bad stretches, which I think you can flush away. And ultimately, I think in a couple of weeks, we're going to look back at this and flush it away and not remember it and say, yeah, it was weird. The Jazz had that weird lull. And maybe it hurts more at the end of the season because they've lost these wins. And, and late in the year, you, you wish you were up two games on Denver as opposed to down two. And it's going to be easy to point to which games those were. But I think in somewhat, we're going to look at this being a little bit flukish because the Jazz will fix these issues. But yeah, you just got to change this opinion of how well this team's playing right now. You just can't go into games expecting to get victories and expecting that they're going to outplay their opponents. And the season is so long. Long, I mean, and it's it, young. It is. It's it, still young, as crazy as it is to say, because we've seen the Jazz go through so many ups and downs. And, and the the playoffs are a totally different animal, and it's just it's it's one of those things. And I, I get it that fans, and, and you and me, by the way, to a certain extent, you know, we, we live and die with each and every game because it's it's what we do. And Jazz fans, you know, follow every minute of this team and what's going on out on the floor. But, you know, it's, it's 15 guys that are trying to get on the same page to accomplish one specific goal against, by the way, opponents that are also really, really good. Nikola Jokic is really, really good. It's not easy what NBA teams have to do. And you can tell there's some frustration from the Jazz because it came easy there for a little while. Yep. And and things were going really, really well there for a little while. And this team seems to, to really ride the highs, and it seems to really bottom out with the lows and I think I've felt that I don't know about I don't want to speak for you Ben but with the post game sound even uh, you know Coach Snyder sounded a little bit different tonight Donovan certainly did Rudy is flat out calling his team not tough yeah. I mean it, it you can you can feel it there's that tension uh, that you can feel from this team and they've just got to find a find a, a way to break it and I like Donovan's solution well you just got to work on through it and get yeah. out there and get those shots up and it, it's never enough and I'm not going to be content with playing this way but at the same time I think it's more than just Donovan I, I think there's a, a bunch of different a laundry list of things that they need to figure out and a couple of practices didn't turn out to be enough for this particular stretch yeah but you know what you, you are totally working through some new chemistry and you've got new lineups to close games and what was working isn't going to work anymore because it's not what you're doing you know what was working when you were closing games without Mike Conley doesn't work when Mike Conley's closing games and that doesn't mean don't close the games with Mike Conley you signed him or traded for him and you gave up draft picks and players and yeah. or 
paying him a lot of money to be here to close games. I think it's the right bet to follow through on that investment, continue to do that. But it's going to take a while to figure that out. Everyone's doing something a little bit differently. So it's going to take a while. I mean, look, if I'm a Jazz fan, I'm not hitting the panic button. That, that's not at all what I'm trying to say they need to do. I think there's been some strange things that have happened in this this course of, of five games, a little bit flukish. Uh, close games generally in the NBA are about 50-50 because sometimes the ball goes in and sometimes it doesn't, and the Jazz weren't getting shots to go and a couple of weird turnovers. Uh, th- there's been a little bit of that, and you can always chalk up a little bit to randomness in basketball. I would not hit the panic button, but it's, it's very fair to say the Jazz are not playing well right now and are playing their worst basketball since November. All right, of course, Ben writes after every single Jazz game for KSL Sports, and we like to get a little preview when you do the show with me. Ben, what uh, what are you working on tonight? Well, again, it goes back to I love what you said, is you think they've bottomed out tonight. And I would have told you I thought they'd bottomed out after losing to the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. like they did on the road, knowing they could come back and have three games off. And that's the gut, the gut check of the NBA is when you think it's bad, it can get worse, and it got worse tonight. And so now how do you answer that? And that's, uh, that's what I'm writing about uh, right now at kslsports.com. And you got to figure it out before you take on Damian Lillard again. Jerry Sloan, I've said it a bunch of times already in these postgame shows. The great thing about uh, Jerry Sloan, always said the great thing about the NBA is probably another game tomorrow. And there is. You it's know? true. It is totally true. 81 times a year you can say that, and then plus the playoffs. You know, you can say it. As much as you want, there's another game tomorrow, and the Jazz get another chance to go out and take a crack at it. Yeah, imagine how bad you feel if you're, you, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo right now, where yeah. you know you got to wait right. a whole off season right. to get another bite at that apple. I mean, it's, it's the great part about the NBA. You're totally right. There's another game tomorrow, and they'll have to go out and get it get it figured out because uh, you know expectations and those sorts of things are are not not going to adjust anytime soon. And you know, worst case scenario, you can't. You, you can't go into the All-Star game riding a nine-game losing streak. And I'm, I'm knocking on wood immediately yep. because I don't expect that to happen, and that would be but it could. absolute worst-case scenario. But we, we listed off the teams that are, are left before the break, and it's Portland Friday, Houston Sunday, that's on the road, at Dallas Monday, that's a back-to-back, two tough teams, and then Miami at home on Wednesday. I mean, those are really difficult games. They gotta, they've got to – they're going to have to play their best to win, to split two out of those four. There's not an easy game left. No. No, there's not an easy game. So you have to win a tough game. But, hey, the best the best way to break out of a bunk of bad basketball is beat a tough team. That feels better than, hey, the Knicks rolled into town, we got a victory. It would feel better to beat the Blazers on Friday and do it or, or beat Houston on Sunday. You know, find a way to get one of those victories and, right. and turn it around. All right, Ben, uh, give us uh, hit us with a couple of final thoughts before we turn the page on this one and uh, look forward to the Blazers. I really do. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. Uh, I'm not trying to pick up that reputation, certainly, but th- there is just a little bit of randomness to basketball still where if you th- you're not going to turn the ball over four times on four consecutive possessions like Donovan Mitchell said because you didn't practice it. You don't practice not turning the ball over. Sometimes bad things do happen on the basketball court, and I do think that's some of what's happened to the Jazz over the last five games. Right. But what's concerning to me is they haven't had the best player on the floor for five straight games. You had uh, five games ago, uh, it was Eric Gordon, then it was DeMar DeRozan, it's been Nikola Jokic twice, and it's been Damian Lillard. Your stars do have to win you games. LeBron James wins a bunch of championships. Why? He's the best player on the floor every time he steps out there. Same with Michael Jordan. The best player on the floor is going to win the game the majority of the time, and the Jazz have not had the best player on the floor, and you got to figure that out. All right, we want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone doing fine work as usual. Thanks to Tony Parks doing sidelines and locker rooms tonight. Thanks to the broadcast assistants. Thanks to Adrian Leiser. 
executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of uh, Jazz Game Night postgame show. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And of course, finally, Ben, thank you. It is always a pleasure hanging out with you and doing these shows, Ben, even when the losses are tough. I'll be back, I'll be back next week. You'll be back Friday. Indeed. I'll be back uh, here. What uh, What do I have you, Monday? Dallas? I think Wednesday? so. Maybe Sunday night. Maybe Sunday we'll night? We'll see, but it might be Monday. Oh, a little Sunday hanging out with Ben Anderson? I guess I should look at my schedule. You know, might be a good idea, yeah. but hey, you know, you're covering an NBA team, man. You can run a little fast and loose with the details. We'll forgive you. A lot of games out there. A lot of games A lot there. of games Hey, that's good there. for Jazz fans, too. No doubt you're about You're going to see another victory soon. All right, your final. The uh, Nuggets beat the Jazz 98-95. to Up next, the Jazz take on the Blazers here at Vivint Smart Home Arena on Friday night. That game will tip off. It's an ESPN game. It'll be at 8.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 7.30. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Zone Radio Network.